Welcome to By the Campfire, a podcast in which I sit down around a virtual campfire to have a good conversation with a guest. No time limits, no prepared topics, just an old-fashioned conversation. Welcome to this special episode of By the Campfire, recorded live by a campfire. It's the first time that I'm actually recording a podcast live by a campfire, which is funny given the name of the podcast. Um, we're at the Wee Camp right now, and um, uh, we've got um, uh, a couple of people at the microphones already. Uh, let's start here. Who are you? Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm uh, Tiago Bergman. Hi, Tiago. Hello. What are you doing here? Well, I'm well. First of all, I'm enjoying the campfire, so it's nice and warm. But uh, also, um, yeah, wanted to take a look at uh, how you actually record this podcast. So okay. uh, that's probably <laughs> the biggest reason why I'm here. And now you're in it. <laughs> and now I'm in it. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is even better. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And across from me, who who are you? Hi, I'm Dennis uh, de Greef. Um I'm a coach at WeCamp, and uh, I've listened to a few of your episodes. So I was curious to. Uh, to see how you record them and how it goes uh, in general. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, welcome. And Thank then uh, to my to my left. Hello. Hi. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Yara van Eltre. Okay. And I'm your daughter. Oh. <laughs> well, I know that, but the people listening don't know that. Yeah, I'm your daughter. So, so what are you doing here? Um, I was making the campfire. Ah. And the. I always ask you if I can be in one of your podcasts. <laughs> this is true, yes. I asked now one time, and uh, now I'm you're actually in it. In it. Yay! <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Tiago, uh, what are you doing at WeCamp? Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> at the start of this week, I was actually wondering myself, like, uh, well, but not, not like, <laughs> what, what am I doing here? <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but... Um, so, I work at Ingewikkeld, which you know, because, well, you work Yeah, that's too. my company, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, actually, I started working there, uh, I think, last year, just before WeCamp started. So, yeah. um, actually, a couple of months, but I was on vacation, basically, when weekend was uh, WeCamp was organized. Yeah. So uh, I couldn't make it, but um, so I, I had I had to go. Well, I had to go this year. <laughs> <basically>. <laughs> you make this sound like I forced okay. you to <laughs> yeah. be here. It's coming out a bit worse, but yeah, it's uh, no. I, I I actually was quite interested into WeCamp, but uh, didn't really get a clear image of what it ex- was exactly like. It, it was like, uh, well, it was camping, of course, and then you do something with programming, but it wasn't quite clear to me what you did there. So um, I was anxious to to get to know uh, WeCamp. Right. Uh, so now I'm here. So how how are you liking it? Well, so far, pretty good, actually. Because this is, okay, this is the, one of the issues that we have uh, when we try to explain WeCamp to people that have yeah. not been here. It's very hard to explain. How would you explain it to other people? Oh, wow, yeah. I talked to a couple of, of people today, which kind of brought me to the same question. Like, how would you explain what we're doing here? Or how would you market it? <laughs> or, uh, And I actually, <laughs> I, I don't really know. Because uh, I think it's it's personal. It's, it's different for everyone. So um, maybe if you're an inexperienced developer, you could 
learn more about some techniques that you would want to get more into. But if you're already more experienced, it, it doesn't necessarily have to go about the, the technical stuff per se. You could can be about anything. Uh, actually, I mer- I learned most about myself, I guess. Huh. Ah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. So, uh, because you are a, a pretty experienced developer, I, I could say. I, I don't know. If you say so, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, would say, I would say you are a pretty experienced developer. <laughs> um, so, uh, f- what, what have you learned um, ab- about yourself or about other things? Um, well, I think, um, well, I, I do have some experience and I do have, uh, I think, a broad experience. So, I've worked with all kinds of tools and, and frameworks and even languages. Um, and uh, well, the biggest thing I think I learned is that I can actually convey this information to other people and uh, in right. a usable way as well. Yeah. It's, it's not just something that's my knowledge and then, yeah, if someone else wants to know, then well, we'll probably need years of <laughs> to be able to share that information. It's, uh, yeah, I was able to, to, to teach someone who never programmed PHP before to actually start using Symfony as well, not just PHP, but Symfony oh, wow. okay. in, in like a day, which was, well, it's also, she was very good. But uh, okay, but still, <laughs> uh, um, getting up to speed with Symfony in one day is, uh, is pretty good, of course. Yeah. So that's, that's nice. Yeah. What's your experience with that, Dennis? Uh, with Weekend. Yeah, or, or specifically maybe with, uh, with sharing knowledge. Uh, yeah. Um, I think since you're in such a such a relaxed environment here, um, um, there are no deadline pressures from from clients or anything like that. There is only the uh, the will of the team to be able to finish their end product. Um, so you can choose in order for everybody to grow. If you want to decide to learn somebody symphony for a day in order for the project to grow, because you can all equally equally grow, right. and you set your own goals for uh, together. Um, and I think most of most of the the, the knowledge sharing is very um, uh, very nice because you you have a team which you have never worked with before. Yeah. Usually you're in the in the in the context of um, uh, a job that you go in every every day for a lot of time um, uh, uh, sequentially. So. Uh, you get to know people um, uh, from time to time, or when you join a company, teams already exist and they know how to work with you, uh, work work with each other. And you just move into that flow; it becomes very familiar. While in this concept, you are put together with a team with people you haven't worked with before, so it will be uh, very different. And what Tiago said, um, you learn a lot about yourself because it reflects on how you behave and how you behave in a, in a group. And it's an environment where people give feedback to each other. Um, uh, and that way you can see how you react in a group, your, your strong points, your points that you can improve. And I think that's, that's really powerful. Okay. And uh, your role this year, you've been here as an attendee, your role this year is a coach. Yes. Uh, how, how does that make a difference to you? Mm. Um, from an attendee, I was initially looking at, uh, okay, we, we've got a project to, to create, we've got a project to finish. Um, I wasn't really aware of 
um, uh, that the fact that that it was about the things that I just mentioned. I just thought, okay, we we have a product uh, product in mind, and we or product project project in mind, and we want to finish it. Um, while uh, moving through the week, I found out that it's a lot more about, at least in my case, for that team at that moment, um, the whole process that's behind it, uh, how you interact with each other. Um, if there are people who want to who want to uh, contribute to certain things, um, and from a coach perspective this year, uh, I even see that more because I see the team um, from within the, the team, but not working actually on the product. Uh, I can see a lot more in what's happening in the process, and I find that really really interesting. And I try to coach the team um, uh, by reflecting on on what happens or introduce new pieces of proce process if they're stuck. For example, um, uh, because um, they all want to want to get the project along, but um, sometimes, yeah, you want to have the the best project, and you keep up in discussions uh, while while there's a there's a tight deadline because it's effectively only a few days for for you to to uh, handle a project. So I try to guide them in that in that in that process. Which is a totally different perspective than from an attendee, and I find both very interesting. Yeah, yeah. What what did you like more, being an attendee or being a coach now? I think, from being an attendee, I really liked uh, realizing that it was about the process and about how people interact with each other. Um, for that matter, I really liked when you when you asked me to be a coach for for this year i immediately said yes from that previous experience um on the other hand being a coach um i can't work on the project and since i'm as well uh, a technical person my hands itch to work on the project <laughs> so it's a double-edged sword um however i i i do like uh being able to use the same analytical mindset to take a look at the process um, I get joy from that as well. So they're different things. And um, in my normal day life, I um, subconsciously apply both. So it's they're both needed, if you ask me. I, I, I right. can't really pick. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. well, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yeah, Yara, yeah. you are part of the crew this year. Mm -hmm. um, did you learn anything? Yeah, I learned... Uh, yeah, I know. I get to know people more. Um, I've learned something with the a. a <laughs> 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 yeah, sorry, I don't know how to say. Say it. Say it in Dutch. We can translate. Oh, okay. First aid. Yeah, first aid. Right. Um, I've learned some things from my mother with the first aid. Um, yeah. I can help people more with some things. Um, yeah, I get to get drink for people. <laughs> and I can make the campfire. Yes, yes, you make a great campfire. <laughs> yeah, it's now getting a bit off, so I think I need to do something uh, on that about a sec. Okay. So okay. <laughs> Uh, funny thing is, you the first thing you said was you get to know more people. Yeah. And uh, not everyone speaks Dutch. No. So do you speak English with them? Yeah, with much people I talk uh, English, like Mark. Right, I, yeah. I talk English with, 
Uh, we talk much about the Efteling, uh, Disneyland, and Wal- Walibi. Okay. Um, we talk much about the attractions because he's going about with his girlfriend. I don't know when. Okay. <laughs> so I did give some personal advice about what attractions he would like. Right. So. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So th- th- how hard is it for you to communicate in English? It's not very hard, but um, something, uh, sometimes I need to translate. Right. And sometimes there's a Dutch person and I ask it to th- that person. Right. Okay. Okay. So this is this is a fun thing because and I'm now also watching uh, watching to to Dennis and Tiago because communication in IT is probably the most uh, one of the hardest things. Do yeah. you agree? Yes. Yes. Um so does does uh, how does the uh, being here help with that? I mean, I I have uh, a young kid who is already learning to communicate better here yeah uh, uh, it's more in games <laughs> that i learn to communicate oh well that's <laughs> still still part of communication yeah. of course yes um so the how do you how do you think this helps with uh, communication in it well um i think so there are multiple nationalities on this island um so i guess everyone just straight go straight to english which is yeah that makes sense pretty nice yeah. it makes sense <laughs> but um so so english is the main language but the way we communicate is actually also i don't know different from from normal working situations okay uh, i think once you step on the island there's like you're on the island now you're stuck together <laughs> so uh it's like a big equalizer for everyone to um yeah, I don't know. We we we're kind of stuck with each other, so we we have to help each other, or it, at least that's the feeling that I got. Um, um, I think, um, yeah, the the, the the people that are coming to this island um, are probably really open to learning new things because that's probably one uh, of the why reasons you're why they're yeah. here. So, uh, so they're really. In my mind, they're really open and and welcoming, and uh, that just helps a lot with with communicating. They're they're open to to feedback, but also to to uh, yeah to to helping you. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's uh, and because it's so different from from your normal working environment, you can actually discuss things that you would normally not discuss. Okay. With, with your direct colleagues or uh, so yeah. So do do you think that? Um People take this open mindset back when they when they head back to their regular work, or will that be hard? I don't know. I hope so, but um, I think if you work at an office and you you go to weekend, which is uh, for like a week, and then you come back and then you're doing your old job again, so it's no, it's like the end of a vacation, right. <laughs> so to speak. Um, I think it's pretty easy to get back into your old routines except for the things that you've learned and um, I spoke to many people here that actually had 
some issue in one form or the, or the other uh, at their office, like uh, project planning or whatever, or it could be communication of, or giving feedback. And they actually focused on that uh, also in the in the times they spoke to other people here on the island. Right. So I, I think they'll bring some of that back home and, and put it in practice there. So, um, yeah, I, th I think if, if you do it correctly, then it can also help you with your normal, like your day job. Yeah. yeah. Is this uh, uh, something, uh, Dennis, what you see in your team as well? People come here with specific issues, maybe from their work life, uh, and want to learn more about that here? Uh, yeah, partly. Well, uh, I mean, we're, we're on this island for 24 hours a day. Um, and it, these are things that, that do come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just maybe when you're working in a team and you recognize something that it's a moment of discussion, um, could also be during a breakfast, lunch, or dinner that, that things like these come up. Right. Um, because we all work in the same field, we will most likely have uh, similar issues. I mean, it depends on the environment, but it's it's pretty likely that that's the case. So I guess people can, and that also helps connect uh, connect them to to each other and being able to, to share their experiences to help them out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think from the communication part, um, usually when uh, at work projects are bigger, um, there are uh, communication walls between them, whether that information flows through email, through um, messaging applications or uh, uh, departments between walls. It could be could be anything like that. Well, here you have, um, well, in this case, a team of four who is actually physically sitting next to each other trying trying to advance the project, um, which is pretty direct uh, communication. And if you have a coach next to that that tries to guide the process if they're stuck, I think that, that really helps uh, improve that. So basically people should have a coach at their work as well. Uh, maybe yes yes or at least maybe somebody it doesn't it could be a separate role but it could also help that uh, for me example for example i've got some uh coaching here as well uh from uh jeremy the coach of coaches yeah, yeah. Uh, and he helped me uh how to look at certain things and i can bring that back to my work and even though i'm not a full-time coach there um it helps it helps me to see dynamic between people between teams between communication lines which can help me give feedback in order to improve that if I think there there can be improvement in certain parts. Right. So yes, definitely. Okay, so why don't we all have a coach at work? It's a good question. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, <laughs> There's no answer. There's no answer, but it's a good I question. I think it's an implicit role. It's, it's, right. it's something that, that, that isn't explicitly hired for sometimes that's not needed it to totally depends on the on the structure on how teams are arranged or how work is divided i mean um, um if if you're working um on a on a project for a client versus working in a company that builds their own product it's it's totally different so that it classic it answer it depends but um, <laughs> I do recognize that the, that the role is often implicit and it depends on the experience that certain people working in those teams uh, have on it, um, whether it goes smoothly or more rough. Right, right. Okay, um, so enough about WeCamp. Let's talk about other stuff as well. 
What do you do in your spare time, Dennis? Um, I play bass guitar. Oh, cool. Yeah, it helps me um, uh, just just play instead of having to think all day, which is something that I also because of my work uh, do a lot. Um, play a lot of Pokemon Go and Ingress, which are uh, location-based uh, games. I don't game a lot next to that, but it's the fact that it's kind of a trick for me as a motivator to go outside, if you know what I mean, just to keep keep moving. And it involves communities, which I I love as well, being able to talk to people from, from um, all kinds of ages, backgrounds, uh, you name it, um, who share a common goal or share a common experience. Uh, or interest, um, uh, and I love to see how those how those dynamics work and how I can how I can help other people out. Um, uh, it's kind of a, a thing I like to do. Um, so yeah, I have those uh, those hobbies in my in my spare time as well. And it, it depends a bit on 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 which game you're talking about. But one is either more a grind game, the other more is, is more of a tactical game. Um, uh, but the fact that I have a connection with other people outside of IT, uh, technically, uh, I can really uh, uh, get energy from that. Same as same as with mu music, for that matter. Right. And Diego, you do something with music as well, right? Uh, I do, or I, I try to do. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, uh, I have a guitar uh, and also a keyboard. Uh, I used to play the drums in a band as well. Ah. I have a recorder as well. <laughs> wow, you do everything now. Well, I, I do a bit of, of everything, but I'm terrible at all of them. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, but uh, I like playing music. I actually, um, my girlfriend or actually fiance, soon to be wife. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're getting married in two weeks. Uh, she likes to sing and I like to play, well, mostly guitar. So, um, yeah, we, once in a while we just uh, pick up our instruments. Well, she doesn't pick up her voice, of course. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we, we just sing songs. So when's the first single coming out? <laughs> well, probably never. Well, you have a recorder, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, recorder. Recorder like uh, the flute recorder, oh! the, the block flute. Ah. Yeah, I know, it's, it's a confusing word. Confusing words, man, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> okay. Um, so okay, and um, so you are getting married. I am. Yes. This is exciting. It's uh, yeah. I I, I don't know what to think of it yet. It's <laughs> like a started <laughs> weekend, I guess. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It's a, well. It's a it's a big step, but also doesn't really feel like a big step because uh, we've been together for for quite some years now uh, and uh yeah it feels like a natural next step so all the preparations done yet uh i think almost all of the preparations were done yes okay, that's so good. we actually started like a year in advance or something like that so we took it really slow and had all the time in the world to arrange yeah. all the things so there's no stress right now but isn't that like every it project you start slow, you have all the time in the world, and in the end you have a deadline, and yes. uh oh, now, now you've got a problem? So probably one or two days ahead, I just <laughs> think of all the things that I forgot. As right. <laughs> we're not in the in the tickets, there were not in the acceptance criteria anywhere, so. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that probably happens. Okay, okay. Yeah, right. you also play music. 
Uh, <laughs> well, you have a guitar. I have a guitar. I have a ukulele. Um, I don't play a lot. I've tried to look uh, to watch videos, how to do some things and like that. Um, but I'm getting maybe I'm getting soon on guitar lesson. Mm-hmm. So maybe next year I can sit here by the campfire on Wii Camp with my guitar and can play songs. Right, right. Dennis Tiago, do you have any tips on how to learn to play a guitar or ukulele? Oh, internet. <laughs> internet. Yeah. Is, yeah. I actually didn't take guitar lessons as well. I just looked at YouTube videos or stuff like that. But uh, there's so much to find. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. Same, same here, same here. I, I didn't take any lessons because back then there was one teacher and a few that I looked at and they were full due to clients and then I just started playing myself or some friend of mine who, who had some lessons I got some tips from, uh, mostly just listening to music and trying to play along with it, trying to see what works, what doesn't, what doesn't ah, work and right. um, yeah, well that really worked for me. That's interesting. So, but it, and is this is this how you learn how you learn uh, new technologies and things as well? Just try it out and you know play with it. Um, sometimes um, there are different ways. Um, I guess it starts when um, how I come uh, about using the technology. If it serves a certain problem that I need right now, or if it's just some new well. In that case, toy that I play with, just to discover what it is and how it works. Um, could be different things. I usually just Google around a bit to get a bit of a grasp of the examples of uh, uh, how it works. Uh, I do just start it up, start playing with it. Um, I ask around in the, in the community if somebody is familiar with it. If, for example, I'm solving a problem and I need to know um, if that certain technology can solve my problem, if it's a good fit or not, or if they have some pointers on pitfalls that I need to avoid. Um, I guess it's a mix of, of those kinds of things, yeah. Um, right. But yeah, similar. Playing around with it if I if I know it's a good fit or if it can solve a problem, problem that I'm currently facing. Okay. And um, uh, do, do you end up on YouTube as well? technology <laughs> sometimes um, I think with music it's a bit more um, explicit because uh, from a guitar context you can see the fretboard moving and you hear the sound at the uh, at the same time well with technology if I see some uh, uh, example configuration or anything like that it can give me a bit more of a grasp um, but yeah I over there maybe last half year or so I do notice myself sometimes typing it in into YouTube for some tutorials and then skipping through <laughs> in order to find the information that I want because it's not usually sometimes it's not in uh, in documentation online or anything or it's just a few tricks or tips that somebody wants to share through an, uh, through a YouTube video um, so I guess more right not not a lot yet but more yeah does that work for you as well Tiago uh, I think it kind of depends on the subject. Um, right. If there's like a really big, complicated subject that I just want to get the gist of, like uh, like a general overview of what it actually means uh, before I 
dive deep into the documentation and, and try it myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably YouTube is a good source because uh, there are videos like uh, how Symphony works in, in like 15 minutes <laughs> or something. So uh, yeah, that's that's basically a good starting point. So you actually see the inv- individual components, but at a, at a higher level. Right. Uh, and then you can try it yourself and and fill <laughs> of course and uh, and then try again and then fill again and then at some point you actually get stuff working yeah and uh yeah so i think yeah well for for concepts i think uh youtube might be a good solution so you can just yeah look at you get a get a g- an overview of of uh, what the concept means yeah like uh what uh, design principles or or stuff like that um, but if you really want to get into specific details, you should just either read the manual or just trial and error. Or right, yeah, I yeah. think there are better ways than YouTube. Then, oh, but you actually read the manual. <laughs> well, I read <laughs> the part of the manual that I uh, hope yeah, to okay. <laughs> just contains my answer. But then I don't read the rest, and then it doesn't contain my answer, and then I read more. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hardly, I, I hardly ever read the documentation. I must admit, uh, <laughs> until I get stuck. Yeah, and then sometimes I actually, although a lot of the times it's just searching the internet and ending up on Stack Overflow, where the first two solutions don't work and then the third one does. That's one way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so um, on on the topic of uh, let's say learning. Uh, are there any other resources that you use for learning? Um, well, there are a lot actually. It's um, depends on the subject, but um, I like to learn from people. So if there's already someone I know or someone, yeah, I can can get into contact to that knows a lot about the subject. Yeah, that probably helps me the most because I can skip over the parts that I already know. If if yeah, you don't have to explain like every single detail if I already know it. Right. But then can ask questions about parts that I don't understand or don't fully understand yet. Yeah. So that yeah. that's probably the nicest for me. Okay, that's uh, that's cool. Um, uh, how about you, Dennis? Yeah, I have the same. Um, I've uh, I have a lot of valuing colleagues that have already worked with some technology or know similar technologies. Um, Especially if it's in an, uh, in an in an in a concept that I'm not uh, working in that uh, that much, um, uh, I'm I'm not working in front end for uh, that much, for example. But even if on a private project, uh, I want to have some help, um, or in some other context, I can always ask ask colleagues. Um, there are enough around me who have, uh, in any context, worked with a lot of technology that uh, may be helpful. Right. Um, and same counts for uh, the community or people I've met here uh, at WeCamp or anybody who have remembered working with a certain set of technologies, I can always ask them for a quick summary. Even yeah. though it's uh, you don't want this tool because it won't solve your problem X and Y, and then I know I should look for a different solution, that's enormously helpful as well. It can save a lot of time. Right, right. Um, we've got a new face here, Michelle, hi. Uh, we're talking about uh, about learning and the ways of learning. Um, and I know you work for Leap, and I know Leap as a company that has a lot of experts. 
Do you do you learn a lot from your colleagues? Oh, definitely. Even if there is a lot of experts, everyone is an expert in a different thing. Yeah. And uh, we also have a lot of juniors and apprentices. And honestly, I learn most from them because they have new eyes on a problem that I never thought about before. Right. Right. So they're basically things you already thought you solved and then they think of it in a different way? Yeah, in a way I... So some things to me are obvious because it's the way I always did them. And right. I always continue doing it that way. And they come with a simple, why don't we do it this way? And I look at it and I think, huh, yeah, why not? <laughs> and I learn from that. and It's really cool to see. That's very cool. That's yeah. very cool. So, so what, what other ways do you use to, to learn things to uh, get your knowledge up? There are so many ways. I, uh, for instance, I go to WeCamp. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, talk to people. I go to meetups. I go to conferences. I basically I keep my ears open, and if it's interesting, I learn from it. Right. So basically, everywhere, every time, you are able to learn. Almost. Almost. Okay. Okay. How are you liking WeCamp so far? I love it. It has uh, an extremely relaxing atmosphere. And I think it's because when we come to the island, there is this uh, kind of um, getting to know some of the people a little bit, uh, asking questions about each other. And then you have some familiar faces already. And uh, after that, you have your little team and you get to know them and then you socialize and you sit around the campfire it's just the coziest experience that's cool that's good to hear that's good to hear um what what is your favorite thing so far oh that is hard um i think <laughs> i think it's when yesterday when we got the entire tp around it campfire to sing baby shark do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> uh. but that was mainly after the D&D game which was also one of my favorite moments it was when we were yeah basically almost eaten by a giant shark and uh, my character Stumbleduck um, didn't have anything fun to do except minor illusions and try to sound like a baby shark going mama mama <laughs> But uh, failed horribly, of course, uh, except that everyone in the entire party got baby shark doo -doo -doo -doo, stuck in their heads, and I like this. So now everyone listening to this podcast will have that stuck in their heads now. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We've got another new face on the other side, Jeremy. Hi. Hi. Good to have you here again. Again, yeah. This is uh, year six for me. Yeah. You've been here all years. Uh, yes. You're, uh, you're one of the very few people that have been here all years. Uh, yes. Um, it's a very privileged position, and uh, it's something that uh, uh, I look forward to every year. So what is your role now at WeCamp? Um, well, it's uh, lovingly titled Coach of Coaches, um, but it's a, a role that kind of evolved... Out of the first year, uh, I was invited to be a coach by uh, yourself, and um, 
I think once we got here on the island, the coaches that first year all kind of looked at each other and went, okay, so what are we doing? You know, and uh, yeah. uh, how do we get started sort of thing? Uh, and uh, I just did an impromptu kind of uh, session, um, teaching people a little bit about uh, kind of uh, group work theory and things like that. And uh, then uh, they said that that really helped that first year to... to um, uh, get their minds around what they're expected to do and essentially that uh, you know you invited me back for the next year and it evolved into this thing that uh, it is today where uh, it's a, a kind of ceremony that we do for, for the new uh, coaches who join uh, we camp uh, as an experience is on the first day before the attendees arrive um, we go through uh, an afternoon of uh understanding people's experiences and, and their anxieties and what they want to get out of it and, and some theory and uh, uh, things they might see during the week and uh, that's how we kick it off and, and then during the week uh, I'm a coach to the other coaches right. so it's kind of a cascade model um, as well as the attendees having a coach uh, and them being able to um go through that experience uh, and have somebody uh, you know uh, guiding uh, through through the process the coaches themselves are going through that same process yeah yeah um, that's quite important i think we we, we made the choice uh, a long time ago uh, that we uh, if you've been a coach at weekend you'll never again be a coach at weekend <laughs> do you think that uh, that was a good decision um, yes, I do because uh, well, apart from me, obviously, you know. Um, well, yeah, of course, but you're, you're not you're not the coach anymore. You're no, now no. the coach of coaches. Yes, um, no, I think I think it's quite good because uh, it keeps it fresh. Uh, it keeps um, people being challenged, and you know, each year the the coaches are uh, a different team, and therefore that adds a, a, a slight new flavour each year to WeCamp. Yeah. Uh, and also I think it's good because there's a real mix of people. Um, some might be people that you know from, uh, you know, conference speakers and things like that, but other people are people who've uh, come up through the WeCamp experience. So they've been perhaps an attendee once or twice before and then have uh, come forward as a coach because they believe in the model because they've experienced it. Uh, and uh, I think that allows them to come uh, as people who have um, a strong conviction about it because they've uh, had that experience for themselves and they want to kind of pay it forward. Um, so I think the fact that you, you, you take uh, in the selection uh, a range of people um, is a really good thing because it could be said that, you know, you've got to have been a speaker and all the rest to be a WeCamp coach. And I know you've been kind of quite keen to not have that be the case because yeah. it's always good to grow new people into that space so yeah I think it's a, it's a great mix a, a way of doing it and um, the people I think this is the first year uh, that I've known all the coaches uh, personally uh, right. either through attending WeCamp or through the the speaking circuits and things like that yeah. uh, whereas previously there's at least one or two people I've not known uh, myself previously so uh, that always keeps me fresh as well so is is it easier this year because you already knew everyone um no because 
knowing people and then spending a week on the island with them are two different things. You know, knowing people in a you know a, a, a conference uh, corridor track, for example, or you know uh, that sort of thing is is one thing, and that's only knowing people to a certain level. Uh, and I think spending a week on an island with people, you get to know more how they tick internally. You know how right. how their uh, minds process things, how they approach other people. So I think it's much more intimate uh, way of getting to know people. Right, uh, Michelle, you're a coach. Yeah. Uh, how how does um, Jeremy's presence help you? And the first day, it really helped me a lot. Um, how he explained the difference between coaching and mentoring, and um, really got us into the headspace of being coaches. Uh, and the fact that he's there, just the fact that he's there, helps tremendously right. because I know there's always someone to fall back to if I need to. If right. I need to ask questions, if I'm stuck, if something happens, there's someone there and that's in, that's so incredibly valuable. Yeah. So it's the fact that there's someone that has your back and that will help you. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So how, how are you liking the whole coaching role? Uh, I really like it, but it's also extremely challenging. In it's what some, way? It's something I've never done in this way before. Uh, I am used to being a mentor to a lot of people, to apprentices, to juniors. Um, coaching a team who decides to use the same technology as I use on a day-to-day -day basis. And coaching them as a team and not in a technology aspect means I get to step out and I kind of see myself in their scenario and even in some cases if I would have made a different decision or so I can't intervene and the fact that I can't it's sometimes hard but also amazing to see how other people think and how other people from knowing not knowing each other and you know it's a bit awkward the first day I'm not sure they're really gonna click and I'm almost panicking, oh my God, how is this group gonna come together? <laughs> and then the last day, you know, they're, it's as if they've been best friends forever. It's, right. uh, it's this amazing process of seeing people and seeing a group form and being slightly on the outside, but still on the inside. I love this experience, it's cool. Did you, I, I can remember from, from my year when I was a coach, um, it was very hard for me to basically let people make mistakes and I think I hear the same thing with you now as well oh yeah uh, uh, to save my team I'm not gonna tell them the exact scenarios um, but some cases it was really difficult and I saw the mistakes happening but then they did resolve it right maybe not in the same way as I would have Yeah. But seeing that process and seeing that it was different from how I would solve it and the fact that I did not intervene means that I got to see that. Yeah. So that was cool. But the sitting on my hands and someone in my team also told me I have a horrible poker face. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is this, is this uh, Jeremy, uh, a, a normal thing to happen? Uh, For people that to 
that it's very hard to not try to intervene? Um, yeah, I think it's a common thread across all six years, to be honest. Um, if people have got experience in doing something or uh, you know, a particular way of being, actually it can be kind of frustrating. But because they know it's coming, it's, it's uh, something that most people adapt to and cope with quite quickly as a coach. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, I guess it's the, uh, the, the, the way we frame it to begin with in, in the week is, is helping people grow by not being over-involved. It's by giving them a safety net, allowing them, you know, the structure is there. But, you know, uh, it, it, for me, it's, um, I'd describe it as a servant leader model. And so, it, you know, just in the way that a scrum master, for example, might remove an impediment in a team, right? you know, and that'd be a core part of their role. In WeCamp, core part of a, co a coach's role is to, you know, perhaps go and fetch drinks or sweets or whatever to keep the team energy going and things like that. Oh. So it's observational is a big part of what's going on. But there's also a kind of... Um, uh, back channel to that as well because there's one-to-one -one opportunities for people to have uh, input from the coach as well uh, and, and it allows them to a have a safe space so that they can w and without commercial pressure which you would get in your normal job role yeah uh, i think that's part of the magic where you can just explore things because you want to uh, or because as a team you've decided to and there's nobody pushing you including your coach your coach is guiding potentially but not uh, driving you it's coming from within and i think that's yeah. a really um kind of powerful thing but the sitting on your hands and feeling you know is it's the rescuer i think it's even worse for en engineers because if you're an engineer you're used to solving problems and that's what you do you know your, your brain is very well rehearsed at solving problems uh, and so it's really hard for people to not to go and dive in and solve it. Well, I'll do it this way or whatever, you know, and uh, guide by f making them follow. Whereas what you're doing is stepping back and allowing them to go through that process. So as Michelle described, it's, it's a, a wonderful thing to see. Uh, and I'm glad we talk about it before it comes up because uh, I think it's uh, something that, that you can fall very much into the trap of in your work life uh, of answering questions for people and, and uh, you know showing them away uh, uh, almost um, uh, giving people answers uh, on, on a spoon you know yeah. I think it's far deeper learning that people go through when they discover it for themselves so the fact that Michelle is kind of knowing it's coming and it's not the decision and the way I might do it that's kind of really cool that A your brain is processing it like that but also B that they get there anyway despite not having the intervention of the more senior person or the more experienced person. Um, so I think there's a lot of lessons for people to learn for back after the island in their job roles of how to approach people in situations. And sometimes uh, in companies, we, we often fall in the trap of, um, because we've got to do things by a certain time and things, not allowing that discovery process. And therefore I think we end up with lesser... Uh, less rich outcomes because it's almost uh, driven by the experience of the most experienced person rather than a broader experience because right. people get there on their on their own merits yeah does that make sense yeah that makes sense uh, so basically the way things happen here is the way it should happen more inside companies inside the actual workplace 
Yes, where possible. I think um, it's great when a team forms for a new project, for example, or something like that. That's a great opportunity to kind of go through a coaching model there. I think it's uh, perhaps different if you're on a, a long-term product or something like that that's already got a life cycle to it and things, you know. But it's finding those opportunities where you can um, use that exploratory uh, um people growing together model because I think it improves uh, communication, it improves bonds between people, uh, the ability for people to read each other. And I think that's a much more powerful way of coming to answers, even rapid answers, which you might have to do when you're under commercial pressure mm -hmm. because there's a deeper trust there because people have grown and learned together. Whereas if it's come from a top-down model because, you know, the team lead says so or, you know, the, the, the boss or whatever, um, you not necessarily got those um, sticky bonds at the same level between people. Uh, and so I, I think I would much prefer a team who's gone through some process like this because you know they've got each other's backs and therefore they've got your back as well. Yeah. Um, whereas if it's all come from top down or from, from somebody with more experience saying we'll do it this way, people are not involved in the decision process as much and therefore aren't owning things as well yeah. uh, or, or strongly. Um, so yeah, I would prefer in a work scenario that that be the case. I recognise that that's not always possible commercially, um, but uh, that's up to us to take that message out and, and use it from experience to show that there are ways to still be uh, rapid uh, approach to things, but it's actually a deeper set of solutions spread across more people if people own it themselves. Yeah, yeah. So do you think that uh, the the role of the coach is the same as um, how Michelle described your role? That uh, it's a good feeling for the for the attendees that there's someone that has their back, even if th that person doesn't always immediately do something? I think it's part of how um, some structure provides that safety net. Um, the, the coach being there it's a presence it's something that does alter the dynamic of that group that that small team um but because it's not um just free form you're not just sat there doing nothing though it might appear you're doing nothing that's the art of it um it's that you're observing it's that you are reflecting you're helping the team to reflect it's dropping comments in for things that they can't necessarily see themselves because they're too close to it um so yeah i do think it's it's important that people know that that is the structure and, and one of the things that that, that um, I, I guess we predict that that may happen uh, in the, the start of the week is that um, we, we discuss that, that uh, uh, issues of how people perceive being in a group and one of the things that comes up is like who's in charge is there a, the control issue if you will yeah and um, uh, I, I always have a little giggle to myself when it, it comes out because I, I can see it coming, you know, but uh, when the coaches do a stand-up with, with me on the, the second day, um, uh, there's often stories, and this is like year on year, this is a repeating theme, um, that, uh, you know, they get in the group and the, the, the team are there and there's this kind of expectation from the members of the team and they all look to the coach so, uh, as almost like so coach what are we going to do <laughs> and then the coach basically kind of goes it's your decision guys 
And that's the first time that the teams kind of have to reevaluate who's in charge and who's in control. Right. Because the coach is definitely not in control. They provide some structure and some guidance and the safety net, but it's actually team making uh, decisions for themselves. Yeah. And seeing that pattern happen time and time again across multiple years uh, is something that uh, encourages me that, you know, people are the same, you know, world over uh, and, and how we approach things um, but also that the coaching role is uh, a gentle but firm presence through the process uh, and I think if people feel that they're um, supported and safe they can jump off and be the best versions of themselves in this short kind of week time span um, so yeah I, I think it's entirely appropriate as as Michelle described it. Right. Right. Michelle, what's the hardest part of being a coach? Huh, it's figuring out if what you're doing is useful or not. Right. It's uh it's pretty hard to get the feedback loop going for yourself uh, you see the team changing and you think it's great but then you wonder did was it what I did or would this have happened even if I wasn't here right uh, and it's a hard question to answer sometimes but sometimes you see some things that you did and you're proud of it but yeah it's uh, yeah and also for me it was really difficult because they chose my technology and I just really wanted to program for them. <laughs> <laughs> so how how did you solve that? How did you not program for them? Uh, if it was after five o'clock, I went ha and had a beer instead. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, in some cases, I um, I listened to them trying to use uh, Symphony in this case, and. I took it a bit as a side challenge to figure out what they were uh, challenged with themselves and they were leaning a lot on the documentation. So then yeah. I saw what parts of the documentation were not very good for them. Ah. Uh, so um, now I wrote that down so I can improve the symphony docs uh, and there was uh, some belittling terms in the docs that I already uh, improved and it's already merged into symphony. So, doing these little things as a side challenge that the team sometimes notices but sometimes not, uh, that helped me a lot to kind of have this side mission, if you will. Right, that's that's pretty cool. So, um, can I can I say that WeCamp improved the Symphony documentation? <laughs> <laughs> it was very small contribution, but uh, yeah, every small contribution counts. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'll take it. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, what What would you do differently if you were to organize WeCamp? I don't know. It's a perfect concept. You do great. <laughs> <laughs> it's far from perfect. Was that too much sucking up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do we need something from me? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, oh. I don't know. I I just can't think of it right now. Okay. So, okay. Uh, 
Uh, but I would probably do something different. Um, Jeremy, you've been here six years. Mm. What would you di- do differently? Um, again, it's it's hard to to kind of think of things off the top of your head. I mean, you've got small practical things, and over the years, I've contributed in that way uh, and given feedback and things, and and helped uh, in a small way kind of shape things as, as they've gone along. And you've been very gracious and accepted those and and. Uh, uh iterated and things but uh, nothing major i think for me um because i've obviously been here for uh, six years it's something i do reflect on periodically and obviously having run conferences and things myself so I'm, I'm kind of uh, tuned into uh, those sort of things uh, and i think uh, the way i look at look at it is that um the first year was essentially like planting the garden mm-hmm. and the second year you know you start to see the shoots of growth and things and then the third year it's kind of maturing and really after that it's just you know uh tending the garden and therefore i don't think there's many uh changes i think some of the new new things that have come in, in the last couple of years with um uh yellrick coming along and, and doing some uh, additional kind of uh, training activities and things yeah. and the opening icebreakers and things uh, as uh, attendees arrive on the island i think that's been a uh, two years now that that's that's been happening. I think that's a nice addition, um, but it's little things like that that, that add right. uh, to the flavour rather than changing. To, for me, if you were trying to change the core, I would be having words with you saying, "Why are you changing a good thing?" Right? Yeah. You know? Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I can't uh, think of anything specific. It's often little things, you know, to do with practical things like you know we need an extra cable in in this space or whatever, and you know those yeah. sort of things. And those are so easy to solve, and yeah. the team are great at getting on on uh, top of those things, even during the event and things. So yeah. um, I think it's really special uh, uh, to just kind of go off on a little tangent with this. But um, for example, the way I describe it, when people are coming to Wee Camp and they don't know what it's all about really and things like that is that well you come onto an island you don't need money you don't have anywhere to spend anyway even if you had money um, all your needs are catered for including some fantastic evening meals and things with the chef who comes on the island who, who you know it's universally great feedback there um, and it's not kind of camping because it's too good for camping it's, it's glamping definitely glamping uh, of course you've a few creepy crawlies and spiders and things like that yeah. but you know it's about being out of your comfort zone and getting comfortable with being out of your comfort zone um so I, I think those are the sorts of things that make it special and the anticipation of how people come to the island they don't know each other how they're going to get some people it kind of freaks them out a little bit because lots of new people but you want to see them by day two yeah, you know yeah. where they've suddenly got uh, a new social network. They've had a beer together. They've had meals together. They've worked together, and the bonds, uh, as has been proven over the last few years, last well outside of weekend. Yes, you know people generate long-term friendships uh, and things. And you know there's at least one situation I'm aware of where people have um, become uh, kind of. Sta- um, remote stand-up partners and things yeah, and they're still yeah. uh using the we camp slack channel to have their stand-ups in and things like yeah. that as re- uh, remote colleagues if you will so uh you know those are the sort of things that you couldn't imagine those things were going to happen when you first started out with the concept yeah no yeah exactly exactly yeah we didn't know what we were starting <laughs> 
I kind of had an inkling. I, um, I, uh, uh, one uh, thing that goes right back even before the first week camp was, I think we were, um, I was at uh, DPC uh, one year and you guys were having an organising session. You know, you were getting together brainstorming. So this was a few months before yeah. the week camp actually happened. And I can't remember where it was. It was some pub in Amsterdam somewhere, wasn't it? And yeah. Uh, I kind of gate crashed and came along whilst you were planning and, yeah. and got involved in the way that I often do, you know, can't <laughs> help myself. Uh, and to see that idea emerge there and, and to, you know, have the privilege to help shape that a little bit, even at that early stage, yeah. uh, to see what's coming now uh, and where people are getting to. Um, where it's, I think the thing for me that, that is unique, I mean, if you compare with things like conferences, conferences are great, you go learn stuff, you meet a bunch of people, uh, but very quickly you're back to your normal life. Uh, you come to WeCamp, it's an extended time you're together. Uh, it's a week, so it's not uh, you know, a long time in life, but it's long enough. Um, and you have um, a chance to change behaviour, which is I don't think is something other than maybe somebody goes and tries a new technology or something from yeah. a conference perspective. You know, you go, you kind of get over the confidence problem with the thing because you've had somebody show you the way. Um, when you come to WeCamp, what changes is people's attitude to themselves, what's the art of the possible, if you will. Um, and when you hear stories, when you come back to WeCamp, uh, following years and maybe somebody's come a second time or something like that and they tell you that their world has changed mm. that you cannot measure how special that is for, for people yeah um and so i do think it's something uh, really really unique um, from many people's points of view yeah i don't know what to say i agree the thing I can think of changing now, when I had some moment to think, you need allergy information on the cookies. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when that's the only thing you can think of, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. We we try to uh, cater to as many allergies and, and dietary requirements as we can, uh, but sometimes things are not clear. So yeah, I I. Uh, I will take this feedback. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so there's a new face uh, behind the microphone. Yeah. Hi, who are you? Uh, I'm Thomas. Uh, I am your son. If you <laughs> didn't know, if you if you if you weren't aware, <laughs> I'm your son. Um, and I've of course also been here all like all years. I haven't been here every week. Um, not the, the whole week. Not the whole no, week yeah. every year, but um, it's just—I don't think it's the first year I've been here the whole week, right? No, last year you were here the whole week as okay. well. Okay, um, but uh, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> so how how are you liking the island? Um, well, it's the same as every year before. It's yeah, it's okay. like the same atmosphere. Um, but this year I've actually tried to learn something in programming myself. It's like sure. so it it's not like I'm just trying to attend it's myself, but it's just a little personal thing I'm doing. Okay. 
do you do you think WeCamp is something that you would go to at some point? Um, well, if I'm interested in programming and technology, um, and I don't think uh, I will be actually like when I'm older, I'll be, I will be going in that direction and actually trying to um, get myself a job in programming. Uh, okay. But I think it's nice for like everyone, even if you're not interested in technology as much as I am or anyone else on the island. I think it's nice to know a little bit of programming. So you just, it's just nice to, that you like can do it and a nice skill to have. Okay. Even even if it's just a little bit. So what direction do you want to go then if you're not going to do programming? Well, um, like computers, I've always been interested in uh, those uh, th those kind of things. So more the hardware. Yeah, uh, I love like just uh, watching YouTube, watching some someone build a PC or um, giving yourself a challenge and building a PC with like a certain budget or something. Um, and that's a thing that I want to do: just try and build uh, PCs for other people and um, other like that kind of thing. So we should organize PC camp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's gonna happen. Oh. No. So <laughs> I won't stop you from organizing it. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have to organize it yourself then. Oh. Okay. Um. Do Michelle, uh, Jeremy, do you agree? Uh, even if someone is not actually interested into going into programming, is it useful to at least know a bit of programming? Yeah. Uh, I think uh, in Sweden it's a direction, it's a subject that people are thinking about making as uh, mandatory as math. Okay. It's one of those things that, you know, in life we all use computers. And knowing the basics of how you can script something or how you can change something, just knowing the very basics, your life online just drastically improves. I think I'm maybe a bit biased because I know a lot about both math and pro and programming, but I think I used my programming way more than I used my math. So right. Even if even outside of me being a programmer. Okay. In what situations? So before I became a programmer, I would um, for instance, uh, play a game, and then I would make a character sheet, and then I would um, try to try different things out to find an optimal way of uh, building my character, and then automating that to build the best character. Or That was a very nerdy way of putting that, but uh, <laughs> you know, anything you do, you can spend a lot of time doing your taxes and calculating things by hand. Or you can write a small script doing that for you. It's great. So you have a script doing your taxes? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm um, taxed at source, so I don't do anything. Ah, okay. Okay. Jeremy, do you, do you think w where, where would uh, some programming knowledge come in handy? Um, 
I think for me, if if you understand the world that we live in, in terms of being programmers, um, you have a lot more control and mastery options in your own life because so much of the world is, uh, as Michelle pointed out, automated these days or can be automated. Uh, and I think if you at least conceptually understand that, you can understand why the world's evolving in the way that it is, why computers start pervading everywhere, you know, because this whole digital life that, that we're kind of living now is uh, is actually ubiquitous if you're in, you know, uh, certainly a Western culture. Um, I'm not sure it tra uh, travels the whole world yet, but, you know, it, it is coming uh, uh, and things. So it, I think it is something that if you know how that works. So, for example, uh, years ago, uh, if we think back to when the telephone first arrived, um, you know, you've probably all seen the old uh, black and white films with the uh, the pegboard, you know, people putting cables in and out to actually yeah. connect calls and route that. There were public information films about that at the time because people thought it was magic, you know, they didn't understand ah. it. And when you see it's kind of um, brought to uh, larger public consumption, people suddenly get it, it becomes the ubiquitous thing that literally changes our lives. Now, of course, we all have you know, fantastic computers in our back pockets that, that are also phones, if we remember what they're for for that. But um, <laughs> uh, it, it is uh, a way that allows you to view the world with much more um, certainty because you can see things, you can understand how they work without actually having to read the manual, uh, you can uh, make uh, things hang together. So, for example, nowadays you've got a lot of... Um, uh, kind of tools that allow you without really being a programmer to kind of connect to different services um, you know one I can think of is called uh, Zapier for example that allows you to, to connect things together uh, people might be familiar with If This Then That yeah. uh, as well as, as, uh, as an alternative and these allow you to connect services now that's a kind of programming it's kind of visually connecting things together and things and I think there'll be a lot more of that as we head forward I think people in the developer world will be the people who build those tools. And so you kind of have layers of being a geek, if you will. Um, but uh, I know people who are not people you call developers who are connecting things together using these other, th other services. So they might want to connect their account system to their CRM system and things like that. And actually nowadays you don't need a programmer to do the basics there. Yeah. Um, but the fact that you know things can be triggered by events, they have consequences, uh, you know, you have to learn about inputs and outputs. These are all kind of the lower parts of what being a programmer is about. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, if you can get your head around those concepts and understand that you can plug things together in that way, you suddenly get a lot more control over the things that you're faced with, those problems. You can solve them for yourself. And, well, you know, as that evolves that will be a whole other subgenre of programming. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and that's a, a fairly strong belief of mine. These services wouldn't exist if people didn't see the need for them. Yeah, of course. Um, so I think even if you take programming at that level, and I know people who are you know, ops managers or um, product managers and things like that who are doing those type of activities because then they don't need the, um, the IT people or the programmers who are often in shorter supply and very busy on you know, bigger tasks or whatever, they can right. actually make things happen for themselves. So it's an empowerment thing. Yeah. So if, if you can learn even the basics of programming, you will be a more empowered person in your future work career. Yeah. yeah. 
Where do you think, uh, Thomas? Where do you think that you would use your programming knowledge? Um, well, later if I just um, I wanted um, like I have. S wait, <laughs> um, I think uh, it's uh, I have like a little programming knowledge right now because I just programmed a little site or something for myself, but. I think um, knowing how to do that uh, later, um, like one, I'll, let's uh, take an example. I will have a business later, with, um, and I build PCs for other people, um, and I need a website uh, since I can uh, now can kind of build a website, and it doesn't look as professional as like the bigger websites with, with that everyone uses, um, but it's good enough and it's like if everyone um if you if you don't um if you have like a, if you do something different which is not involved with technology but you need a website or something and you don't have uh skills you will like need to uh, make someone else do it mm -hmm. and that costs extra money yes. um so it's like um even if if you don't have a use for it that you um, use in your daily life, you still can use it like um, for just little things you need. Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes <laughs> yeah. sense. So, so you wouldn't you wouldn't actually go to WeCamp, but you will learn yourself. Um, yeah, and I I always like uh, learning myself and not with uh, other people involved. Uh, because I just most of the time I think like, oh, um, they're just I'm like learning from them, but I will basically um, be a copy of them if I do the same things as them. So learning myself um, and figuring it out myself makes me um, like um, better at uh, at the thing because. I just I don't get told what I uh, what it is. It's just I have to figure it out myself, and that's how I, I like learn it better okay. that way. I can understand that. Um, uh, what what do you use? Do you use the internet uh, or books or uh, videos or what do you use to learn? Well, um, for to to learn uh, programming the websites, I. Um, I learned it with help of a book, um, but I don't think that's the best way to learn it, since okay. a book, it's it's physical. It's and if you have um, a book, it's just it takes up too much space. Well, the internet, it's just you can open your laptop and search for your problem. You don't have to search through the whole book um, before finding uh, like. Uh, a solution and maybe the, th the book doesn't even have a solution so that I always um, try to use like videos online explaining it um, or and um, people uh, other people online who say hey maybe this or this uh, and it's like additional form um, which makes me but yeah. <laughs> so why why do you use the book in the first place? Um 
Well, it's um, I got the book from Kadarojo, which is um, extremely extremely fun. Which just it's it's like something that brings kids into programming. Um, that's basically what it is. And I thought, hey, I have this book. Why don't I use it? And it basically teaches the uh, beginnings of uh, making a website and. Uh, as as I get more into it, um, I will need uh, um, the internet because some issues that I had uh, weren't actually in the book how to solve it, and um, it's just really basic. It's not, but later if you actually like want to do programming, you're gonna need the internet no matter what you're trying to do. I think. So, okay. yeah, I just. I just only need the basics uh, for uh, weekend this year. I think that's why. Okay, okay, I can understand that. Um, there's there's several different ways I think of learning, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Um, Thomas described one way of learning, the basics from a book, and then the internet. Yeah. Um, what's your experience? Do you? run a company so you sure. have a lot of developers mm-hmm. that have to learn at some point yeah um i mean it was interesting as thomas was saying uh, how he's found the way to learn and i think where he was getting to was that the the book provides that initial structured learning yeah. which yeah. helps you kind of um uh create the the kind of mental pathways that you need to absorb that learning uh whereas with the internet you've got to kind of almost know what your end goal is uh, because uh, the internet is much less structured overall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and therefore, to get started, you've either got to find a really good tutorial or you know a, a video that kind of guides you in that same structured way. I think once you've got some skills, you can then build on those skills and kind of um, learn for yourself where to go because you've almost got the mental pathways ready you know how to go and search the answers that you're looking for. Uh, whereas if you're starting from scratch and just kind of going, hey, Google, tell me how to do this, um, your ability to be um, uh, have, a, have a good outcome is a bit more random right. uh, than, than starting with a book. Yeah. And I think it's the same when you're talking about learning from other people. Uh, it's interesting how Thomas uh, described he might be kind of a, a copy of, the, of them, a, a yeah. clone, if you will, of their thinking. Uh, whereas I was immediately kind of uh, coming, coming the opposite side of that. Well, actually, no, I bounce off other people. And the fact that we have a debate about things is how we end up in a better learning position because right. I don't necessarily agree with what they've said because I've got some experience of my own. Uh, but it's, uh, uh, you know, you kind of um, play off each other and yeah. f- through playing off each other, it's just the way that a lot of people do in a workplace, for example, you know, that they, they, they kind of go, no, no, not like this, like this, you know, and you have that whole debate, you know, especially things like tabs v spaces in, in editors and things like that. Um, uh, you know, the, those things that never really come to a conclusion, but um, it's that, that you can have that debate and therefore that stimulates your own uh, learning because somebody will either say something compelling and therefore you'll change your mind or they don't convince you and you become stronger in your opinion because uh, you've kind of proven the case. Uh, so I do think there's there's a lot to be said. And that's why kind of people do gravitate, gravitate together and 
you know, uh, work working tribes, if you will, in inside uh, companies and things. Yeah. So, uh, but equally, there's many other ways of learning. Uh, for example, we camp, getting together, being in an intense situation outside of your comfort zone, is is kind of a, uh, you know, on the surface, a strange way to to learn, but uh, really powerful given the effect we've seen over the last few years. But again, things like conferences, uh, code clubs and things, um, Coda Dojo, as uh, Thomas mentioned, uh, as one style of those things. Um, when I think back in my career, how I started was, uh, you know, getting a computer when I was a 10-year-old and um, reading the manual, you know, because they came with manuals back in those days. Uh, I am that old. Um, but then... <laughs> Finding the the school uh, coding uh, club, we didn't call it that then. It was called Computer Club, right? Uh, yeah. And you know, you you uh, took your computer along and plugged it into televisions. You know, we didn't have monitors back then um, for for the computers we had. But it you learn through exploring in a guided way because somebody else has got the uh, experience, or you kind of you know puzzle it out together. That uh, is equally a, a strong way to learn. Yeah. Um, so for me, understand where you are in the life cycle of your learning. If you're at the beginning of it, perhaps think about structured learning. So it could be college courses or something similar or school or, or whatever, but uh, also books. Uh, and then if you're further on uh, and you are already got some skills under your belt, you can then kind of pick and choose where you get your input from. Yeah. Uh, so internet obviously but colleagues it could be conferences etc uh, we camp i've yeah. already mentioned that <laughs> <laughs> but can you imagine that for uh, like a 14 year old boy who is relatively new to programming um it can actually like thomas said um uh, that he that he doesn't want to learn from someone else because he's afraid he's going to be a copy because if you're if you're young and if you're new to things uh, you don't have like a, a very solid opinion yet on a certain topic. Um, have you spoken to your fourteen-year-old son recently? I think I think <laughs> strong opinions on things are are probably the norm there. Um, I couldn't say they were fully informed opinions necessarily at that age, yeah. but um, yeah, um, uh, yeah. Whew, dad doesn't know son there really. I don't think. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I would say that that. Uh, we all go through that period in life where, you know, at kind of that age, you kind of imagine you know things in life a little right. bit. Yeah. Um, you then learn as you get older that you know less and less in life. Uh, and I think uh, with that comes a certain humility to how you might approach things. Uh, uh, and so maybe age is a factor there and, yeah. uh, and things as well. And maybe also, you know, if I look at uh, other people of that age, um, they kind of hang together in their own tribe and you know, what do we know? We're old people to them and, and, you know, experience doesn't mean what it means to us. To them, it just means you're old, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, well, what, what do you know? You know, you've only got your experience. I'm learning my new experience. You know, it's that whole yeah. uh, kicking against the system kind of thing that right. everybody goes through that rebellious phase, etc., and so on. So I think that's a perfectly normal arc of life. But the fact he's still wanting to learn at that age, even if it's not learning from us old fogies yeah um that excites me because it gives me hope for that next generation that you know once they perhaps go through the um the settling down in life and and you know uh, maturing slightly they will 
uh, if he can keep that thirst for learning uh, throughout his his uh, uh, future years, um, then whatever he does, he has the ability to be kick-ass at it because he's got a hunger, and if that hunger can be fed and the experiences he had don't dampen that, which I think yeah. often schooling can, because, you know, we're all trained to be sheep at school, aren't we? You yeah. know, and follow the crowd and that kind of thing. Um, if he's got that hunger for things outside of the kind of traditional routes uh, through through, through uh, education, um, he's got one of the best chances he can have in life because that curiosity thing, if you lose it, you might end up, you know, working in a more menial job. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I think that curiosity thing is what drives human endeavour, uh, which can, you know, in, in work terms leads to an entrepreneurial spirit, which means mm. people then set up companies, etc. you know, yeah. and yeah. so on. Okay. Um, so that excites me. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So we've got a new face behind the microphone. Hello, who are you? Uh, hi, um, Sophia. Um, first time at weekend. Um, what do you want to know? <laughs> what what brought you to weekend? Oof. Well, yes, a boat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, a partner who really likes this place for some reason. Um, <laughs> no, um, but mostly why I went now and not last year or maybe next year um, is I've been just starting programming for like uh, two months now. And I've been getting my information from like a person I recently trust to teach me uh, mm -hmm. at. Uh, so it's it's really nice, but I uh, but I wanted to know how other people do this. I wanted right. to know how other people think about this, because um, as good as w any one source of information can be, in the end, I mean, um, I really want to get a feel for what's uh, what's out here. Right. And how how has WeCamp helped you so far with that? Well, um, I luckily came into a team with people who felt very differently uh, about code than I'm used to, uh, who communicate about code differently than I'm used to. Um, so I think it's been splendid, really. Um, doesn't mean I responded the way I might have wanted to, but you know, you win some, you lose some, you learn. Okay. You go. Yeah. 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 Does uh, does uh, the the setting here invite you to learn? It does. Um, I think at halfway through yesterday, I was feeling like I'm I'm not I'm not able to find words for what I learned yet. And I feel like I should be able to. And anytime you use the word should, you, you already do. <laughs> um, but, but I was like a bit sort of uh, frustrated by that. Like okay. I wasn't able to, to find, like, to... I was sure I was learning something. But what exactly that was, who knows? Um, and then somehow this morning everything was sort of okay. Okay. And I was pretty happy about the whole thing. So maybe it's just uh, you can't skip the ha the yeah the the uncomfortable part. Or maybe you need the uncomfortable part to get to where you are now. 
Yeah, so that's I think what I meant. Okay. Um, it, but did you ever ever figure out what it was that you learned? Um. So I guess on a on a human level, um, like I I learned that I was really already getting quite set in my ways after two months. So quite dogmatic about. Yeah, but I mean, I've always been told this. So why are you saying something different? Um, which is silly, really. Um, picked quite a few fights about that. <laughs> um, luckily, it didn't last a whole week. Um, in the end, found that there's also some sense to doing it the other way. Right. Um, and maybe not the scenarios that I'm working it with in daily life right now but in different situations yes certainly so what is daily life right now for you so right now i work at uh, procurios all right um which means um i'm um doing stuff with uh, php mostly and which also means um I usually have a sprint with a customer present um, who I can directly talk to, but also who's being directly um, asking us all sorts of questions, which is really, I think it's really nice. But um, And we do a lot of stuff with, for uh, customer relationship management, CRMs. Right. So... And a lot for fundraisers, mostly. Um, yeah. Didn't know anything about business before this. Okay. Sort of quickly starting to. Um, but yeah. Okay, that's cool. What What's your favorite part of Weekend so far? My favorite part? Oh, um, I really like how suddenly, I, I don't even know when this happened, but... Uh, I noticed today that this is one group. This is one group of people who are really comfortable with each other and you can really ask anyone anything. Yeah. Um, that's that's amazing. These are my people now. I don't know how you even got yourself in that position, but... <laughs> um, yeah. That's, that's amazing. So this is... Uh, you, you've created some connections... That will last outside of WeCamp as well. I hope so. I'm really bad at that, but I hope so. <laughs> um, I just hope to maybe run into some people at conferences and go like, "Oh, I know you." Yeah, yeah. You have any tips, Jeremy? Uh, well, I was just going to ask a question of Sophia, if I might. Uh, what if you were able to uh, say to somebody who was considering coming? What would be uh, your comment to them in terms of uh, helping them make a decision? Hmm. That's a difficult one. That's really... Would you recommend it? I would. I would. But I also... I don't really like steering people. Okay. So um, I would maybe... Uh, want to describe what it was like for me but then you're also kind of spoiling it because part of the fun of weekend is not knowing what you're <laughs> what you're up for 
Um, so, but yeah, it's it's this experience is dear to me, okay. and that's the best recommendation I can give, I suppose. Sure, and and is it something that you'd uh, want to do again for yourself? In terms of, would you come back to WeCamp? Yes, I think not next year. Um, I would like to come back at a different time, different different me, I suppose, different mm-hmm. place in my career. Sure. So uh, to really experience it in a different way. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anyone here in the tent that uh, wants to take a spot at the microphone? I don't see anyone anymore. The, the campfire has died out a bit. Where is Yara? She's in charge of campfire. Oh, Yara is at the microphone right now. Hi, Yara. Hi. <laughs> is there something you want to say? Um, <laughs> the campfire was being too hot for me, so I oh, okay. it's doing the campfire. Well, there's someone else uh, tending the campfire right now. Is there anyone else that uh, wants to take a shot at the microphone? Sure. Find the microphone. If I may. Hello. Good evening. Who are you? I am Yoni. Hi, Yoni. I'm also a a first at WeCamp. Um... A, uh, I've been into, or I dare to call myself a developer for just over a year now. Um, so still fairly new. Work sort of solo in a marketing team. So that's also not the, I think the standard team for a developer to be in, um, which makes this um, even a more exciting place to be. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> This is like a completely different context for you then. Yes, surely. Um, which is also the main reason for uh, being here and, and uh, I think the main, main thing I wanted to learn to see how, how I communicate with other developers uh, or how other, how other developers communicate. Right. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a completely different setting than what I've than what I normally have. So what is it like being the only developer in a marketing team? Uh, quite nice. Uh, you feel very valuable. Uh, you feel very knowledgeable, even though very often you're not. Um, <laughs> obviously, but I think uh, that is in any technical role. You I think you're always aware of what you do not know. And uh, you're always trying to just to figure things out. Yeah. Um, I think if you're lucky, you have people around you who can who can mentor you and guide you on the way, and who can teach you, um, you know, teach you the rope, or how do you say that, show you the ropes, and uh, can mentor you through the way. Uh, I've tried to do that myself a bit, and self-teach, and just try things out. But I've never had a single line of code of mine reviewed. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
until we camp. Yeah. Uh, where suddenly, you know, you say, oh, I think I'm done. And people say, sure, uh, you know, do a merge request. We'll look at your code. I thought, okay, that's, uh, that's a scary thing. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, suddenly you get some feedback and you learn from that. That was, right. that was very cool. Right. Um, this is a quite a different context from your day job. Yes. What What will you take away from here that you can actually use in in your day job then? Um, I think it's a general uh, general understanding of uh, what level my knowledge is up to. Okay. <laughs> I've also worked on a completely different technology than I normally work with, because um, uh, my my day job is is quite static front end, um, and here we decided to set up a functional web app and a database and uh, some APIs, obviously, and doing this in uh, Laravel and PHP. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I knew that, you know, variables start with a dollar sign, but that was pretty much as far as my PHP stretched. Um, and I've never touched or like never really set up any API or database in my life. Um, so that was a, that was an experience. Yeah. Did you like it? Very much so. Yes. Okay. Uh, I felt powerful. <laughs> <laughs> It was very, um, so yeah, I think it was beautiful that I was granted the time of my team members, um, such incredibly valuable time of, of those team members, very experienced developers uh, who came here with an ex a completely different goal in mind. Um, they come here saying, uh, so the first day we, we obviously spoke out our, our personal goals. That's the most important thing. And then the product is just a tool in order to reach those goals. Right. Um, so it's not about building, building a, a, you know, a life-changing product, but it's, it's, it's going through the process and hopefully reaching those goals, uh, reaching your personal goals through that product. And uh, I think the more experienced developers had non-technical goals Whereas I would have much more technical goals, um, wanting to learn a new technology, wanting to learn um, those things. And they granted me their time. And I mean, we all know how, how valuable a developer's time is, not only in their hourly wage, but also just um, getting the chance and getting the, the time to really, I don't know, spend, spend that with them. Um, and now here you are, Having three days with experienced developers who can just guide you through the way and show you how to do this, and for them it's a mentoring experience, and for me it's a a learning learning a new technical framework experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you you mentioned that uh, their goals are very different from yours. Yes. Um, were they incompatible? Did you have to talk about that, or were they? Could they exist side by side? Um, no, so I think they were perfectly compatible. Okay. Um, because indeed, 
I think their goal was related to communication, time management, mentoring or coaching. Um, and they were randomly put together with some, some other people who had the goal to learn. And I think those, are, those go hand in hand because one can coach or mentor and the other can <coughs> learn and build. Right. So I think we found the perfect balance to to bring those two together. That's good. That's good. So your experience so far has been good? What's the best thing so far? The uh, Clearly the pirate games <laughs> were <laughs> astonishing. Uh, Other than that, I think it's the um, the openness and the freedom. Uh, indeed, I think it was mentioned earlier that the first talk with the team and the coach goes indeed, like as was previously mentioned. Everyone looks at the coach. It's like, so what's the uh, what what what's the exact goal or idea mm -hmm. and. Uh, Do you have a guideline? What's the step-by-step -step thing to figure out what we're going to build? And then she says, yeah, that's that's up to you. Go ahead. I'm, I'm just here to to watch and listen and, and guide you if really necessary. Um, yeah, and soon that picks up and you start going and first half day might be a little bit awkward because you're kind of not really knowing whether or not you're working on the right project and whether or not people will reach their personal goals. But then with every stand-up, which we did twice a day, you iterate or you, you restate your personal goals and whether you're working on them well enough and on, the, of course, the progress on the, on the project. And you start to notice okay it seems like it seems like we're all going the right direction even though no one manages this no one told us to do it this way yeah and it seems to work as long as it works it's fine right yes <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's how i normally program um <laughs> And I've heard some some other people who did it in a more in a more hacky fashion, just like everything goes immediately to master, so that at least they have their prod product going as as quickly as possible. Ours was entirely different. Um, everything was very formal. There were discussions on the smallest, maybe most insignificant of things. But I think that was part of the learning experience for for the younger two, um, where we got to see how long you can debate whether or not you should add this column to this database or not, because it's also <laughs> in the other table, but it saves you maybe, you know, a split second when you want to retrieve a certain item. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was not a, it works and it's fine. Like we were, we were getting into the, into the tiny nits and details, which was beautiful yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah. Because this is what you came to learn, right? Exactly. Yeah. I think it's one of the things I came to learn. Okay. Yeah, That's cool. uh, the other was to see how how teams work together, how how standups really work, how how you manage tasks and um, and to dos as a group. 
how you communicate, how you code review, how you, I don't know, these things that are very standard, I think, in a day-to-day -day life of any developer in, a develop in, in any development team, um, but are brand new to me, even though I feel like I have been developing for, okay, well, just over a year, so yeah. it's not that long, but to me, it feels like, <laughs> like a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. So another thing, what what I find interesting. Um, so here at WeCamp, um, we we try to say um, uh, WeCamp becomes what everyone wants WeCamp to become. Yes. And And we asked uh, everyone, is there anything you want to contribute? And and you stepped up and you started meditation. Yes. Uh, why why did you step up to do that? It's could be a long story uh the short story is that i um i do this on a day-to-day -day basis at my current work okay um so it was done by a previous uh, previous employee uh, a friend of mine who got me to work at the company and he he used to do this and when he left he he sort of forcedly asked me to please pick this up this should not leave because a, a daily meditation is really great um, and I have some meditation experience and uh, I, I happily picked up picked up this and it's been incredibly nice to do um, we do it after lunch every day 10 15 uh, minutes of meditation and it really it breaks up your day it makes you mindful of what you're actually doing um, you realize how happy or tired or stressed you are um, and I feel it's a it's a beautiful medium also to get people introduced to mindfulness meditation um, and yeah it was it was great that there was the room and the space here to um, to take those 15 minutes after lunch to sit in the in the exact TP that we are sitting in right now yeah um, to uh, to do a nice meditation, and uh, I think we generally had about twelve people here. Oh, um, so I nice. think that's I, I think it was it was even half or more than half of the group. So there was high attendance. That's very good. Very. Um, but uh, so w what made you decide? Okay, I want to do this. Uh, I I want to step up at weekend and really do this. First of all, it's a very selfish thing because I just really like to meditate. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, it I think it was nice to um, to do it in a different setting, um, and also I've so I've guided my my I've guided a meditation for the first time uh, two months ago. So generally, I just use an app that does a guided meditation. Um, but I, I, I would like to try to um, guide meditations myself so I can do it exactly the way that I want and that I can focus on the subjects that I find most important and, and interesting. But it's difficult to find um, a group of people that are interested um, in listening to my voice. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh, and then here, suddenly there were all these people interested in at least a meditation. So we we did twice. We did the we did the guided like the app, yeah. Uh, just also for myself to get comfortable with 
the people and what they were interested in and how much they like it. And the third day, I, um, I, I tried guiding the meditation myself, which I personally found, found um, extremely nice. Uh, I hope the others too. <laughs> um, so I think it's uh, it's an WeCamp offers an open and inclusive platform to to practice skills you're interested in, whether that's a new technology, uh, a new product, a new role within a team, or whether that's uh, doing Krav Maga in the morning that another uh, attendee did. Uh, or whether that's guiding a meditation that you've well, only done once before. Yeah. That's cool. That's good to hear. Um, we're almost two hours into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think this was a, a very good way of uh, of closing off the the podcast. Uh, I want to thank you. I want uh, Yoni. I want to thank everyone who was here. Uh, part of this podcast also the people that were part of this podcast by just listening because it's uh, it's uh, nice to see there's people coming into the tent just to listen um, and uh, of course I want to thank uh, the, the person that is currently listening to this podcast in their car uh, at their home, at their computer wherever you are at this point uh, for listening to this special WeCamp podcast of By the Campfire uh, thank you very much and um, we will have another regular episode at some point soon thank you for listening to by the campfire for more information about the podcast or finding other episodes check by the campfire.net